And in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady. Today, the candy cane to my tree, Mr. Jonathan Tilger is joining me. Jonathan, how are you today? Well, I'm obviously very sweet if I'm candy cane. So how about yourself, Jeff? <laughs> Actually, I, 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 I hate candy cane. So it was a, a proper analogy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fantastic. This is our fo- first post-holiday episode. Welcome back to the grind, sir. How was your holiday? Oh, things were overall very good. Yours? Good. I have no complaints. Lots of family, lots of friends, lots of food, lots of drinks. Oh, <sighs> as much as much as can be done in this current uh, circumstance anyway. Yeah, well, no, I can't say that. I, you know what? I'm out in the country. Things are a little little easier out here. Yeah. Um, I will say, however, I have accomplished one of my New Year's resolutions already, Jonathan. I, uh, I beat it. I went to the gym today. And uh, since the gyms are getting closed back down, my resolution was go to the gym as much as possible. Therefore, I win. (laughs) (laughs) Least amount of effort. So on that terrible joke, JT, I I, I see a lot of things coming out in the news that are uh, not the news, but in my email that are all about goal setting this year. Uh, everybody's on the new year's resolution, all of those fun things. I, uh, let, let me ask you before I, before I make my statement, how do you feel about goal setting and what's your strategy? Um, overall it's, 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 you've got, (laughs) it's one of those things you want to know where you're heading. I think the whole terms goals has been so overused and misused. That, that people just sort of throw out a goal with no achieve, no real path to get there. It's just, hey, this is my goal. I want to do this. I want to make this much. I want to own this property. Uh, but they sort of just throw it out like it's like it's they're sitting there going, well, I'm going to the, the store and I got to buy milk. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, I think a lot of people throw out a lot of goals that they never even come close to achieving because there's no, it's kind of like, hey, this is something I want one day. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just taking a note as you say this. Yeah, I, uh, you know what? I hate goal setting. I absolutely despise it. And so do most people, I I think. Every time I've ever gone to a a seminar, I used to be a, a part of the Toronto Power Group. Fantastic organization. It's kind of... <clears throat> I think the the power group is like a branch of the Tony Robbins um, organization, but like at a local level. And and I went to them all the time and they were fantastic. And they would have this board breaking um, uh, seminar every year where you walk up, excuse me, you write your uh, goals on one side and your things you don't want on the other and you break the board and it's great. But every time they said, all right, we're going to start talking about how to set your goals. I hated it. I absolutely hated it because it never felt real. They never yeah. felt like it was, you know, like, you know, like you said, it's as, and it's as innocuous as going to the store and picking up a uh, uh, milk off the shelf and coming home. Like you can't just go get your goal. You have to have a, an actionable plan. And, um, 
the biggest thing about setting goals is, is figuring out what happens between then and now it's great to have a goal. It's fantastic to have a goal, but is it measurable? Is it attainable? And I am a fan of setting your goals very high. Don't get me wrong. Um, as, as you know, cause we're both a little weird, um, <laughs> but, uh, it, having goals that we have a practical means of achieving, I think is something that's missing out there, uh, these days, you know, the, the secret, you ever seen the secret or read the book? Yep. Yeah. I saw that, uh, when the movie came out, what was it? I think about 15 years ago or so. Absolute flipping garbage. And I'm, I'm sure there's, there's people out there that would uh, completely disagree with me. And, and here's why it's garbage to me. Um, because they only talk about the wishing, the hoping, the wanting. And what they don't talk about is the, the process that needs to be taken care of in the meantime. There are so many people I, I know that have watched that movie and they just hope and believe, but they never take action. Yeah. And action is a differentiator. You know, it's great to have goals, but without action, it's just a, it's just a dream. It's not a reality. So JT, what I was thinking about today and uh, you agreed. So you're going to have to be my guinea pig <laughs> is talking about a real and practical way to actually set a goal that not only pulls you towards it, but, um, has an actionable plan to get to it. And I haven't done this myself for the year yet. I did it with our team yesterday, um, as you know, and uh, we're going to do it now here for folks that listen, all three of them. But uh, <laughs> um, that was a joke, Jonathan. Please laugh with me. <laughs> we actually just, you know, we just hit a little bit of a listenership milestone. That was a joke. Yes. Um, <clears throat> But uh, and you don't have to get too personal here if it's if it's if it's not what you want to do. But we can certainly work through the process. The process is what matters because it's a three step process. The first part is um, where do you start? What do you actually want? And you talked about it. People talk about monetary goals like they're, you know, this this amazing thing. <clears throat> but it's not a real number. Excuse me for that. I don't, don't know what's going on with the frog in my throat. However, it's not a real number. It, there's no emotional tie to it. If there's no emotion to it, if there's no understanding of it, then it's just a number. I, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I still have the $1 bill around here somewhere. Uh, for many years, I took an American one and I made it a $100 million bill. I had no idea at the time, even what, like to comprehend what $100 million is. And I will say it's nice to have that as a, as a number, as a real number. But when I started breaking down what I actually wanted, I realized it's not $100 million. And that's that, that place to start. And then breaking down how you get there. And you have to, we're going to have to relate it to a few different things here, JT, um, to make sure that people understand how relatable that part of it is. And then, of course, creating a plan, which we just went over something that we created for our team that is an actual tracker of calls to figure out your batting average. Yeah. And we'll talk about batting average at the end of this. So one of the things I, I, I want to talk about the mindset of setting goals. Are you familiar with the, uh, and 
I'm sure I'm misquoting it, but I believe it was King Solomon who said, um, without vision, the people perish. You know that, uh, that saying? Yeah, I, I'm, if you're tying it back to, to, I think King Solomon is biblical, if I've if got correct. my reference correct. correct. Uh, if you're tying it back to there, I don't. But as far as, as, far as that, without vision, without really vision and the direction where you're going, yeah, there's, you're lost. Well, King Solomon, um, yes, is biblical, but he's also not like mythical. He actually was yes. uh, one of the wisest kings, apparently, that ever lived. And there's multiple different stories of history about him, and he's kind of included in everybody's um, parables of religion. But um, he understood that as leading his people, he needed to have a vision, a place that they were going. Otherwise, chaos would ensue. Mm-hmm. And in modern society, we have you know, that, that great thing called free will, but we don't have a lot of leaders stepping up to help us guide our personal lives. There are a lot of people out there, but we have to seek them out. They're not as apparent or right in front of us. You know, our, our, our whole thing is that we, as soon as we're done with school, we're done. Right. And uh, one of the things I've thankfully learned is that the more you involve yourself in stuff and and you're one one in the same you and i've been to a lot of the same courses the more you learn the more you involve your stuff uh, yourself in stuff like that the more you progress it seems you know this weird thing happens where the law of attraction the secret starts to happen but it's not just by accident it's by purpose is that fair to say that's very fair to say yes and part of the, you know, part of his education along the way, and then part of his making sure you have that North star. So <clears throat> Jonathan play along with me. Let's talk about how we begin this mindset. How do we create something that is emotionally charged enough to pull us towards it? There's two types of motivation as I'm sure you're aware the push and the pull and push takes willpower. And I am, you know, directly quoting Tony Robbins on this. I I have to throw it out there. And this is where I got this technique from. And it is one of the most powerful I've ever seen. Um, Having something that's, that's, that's strong enough to pull us towards it. And uh, you have to create that vision in your mind. So Jonathan, if, if you will, could you talk about what you would love for your life? Like houses, vehicles vacations so right right now one thing that i would really love is there's a property that i really like it's about 1.7 million dollars okay and let's uh let's start with a, a timeline i like to start with five years it's a good chunk of time uh, i'm not sure who says it but most of us underestimate what we can do in 10 years and overestimate what we can do in one year so I think yeah, pretty much. Yep. Five is kind of that cool little little spot where, you know, at five years, I would like to have this. So a one point seven million dollar uh, property. What kind of car do you want to drive? Oh, it's uh, the car. The car is not so much for me. I mean, car, I'm happy with something in the 40 to 50,000 range. OK, so you'll keep your Jetta. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably need a new one at that point, but I'm, I'm happy with a car of that type. How about vacations? Oh, a lot of those. How many a year? <laughs> I would say two that are sort of bigger trips and just regular 
regular sort of weekend getaway type things. So the two trips probably easy to say 5k each. Oh, way more than that. 10 to 20. Let's go with 20. What do you want to do on those trips? Just, I'd say really be able to travel, not have an agenda, but uh, take my time and go where I want when I want. There's something beautiful about not having an agenda, but having the financial freedom just, oh, this is an opportunity. Let's do it. Yeah. How long would you go for? Three weeks each. Any idea where you'd go first? Right now, again, that would that would disrupt the whole not sh- quite sure where I'm going thing. I have to see what's happening at the time. <laughs> fair, w- w- fair. Would would like? I mean, one place I would like to go back to is Iceland. I haven't been there in many years. Nice. So, if we were to say something right now, let's say Iceland and actually go in there for summer solstice. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I love the hippie part of you. <laughs> um, what about uh, um, for your son? What uh, what about his education? In five years, is he going to be in like a regular school, Montessori? Well, he's, I mean, he's been in Montessori, so probably staying with that or probably some other private school. Yeah. And what would the uh, private school cost? Um, well, right now it's about 1600 a month. I suspect in five years, it'll be probably closer to 1800 to 2000 a month. Let's say two grand a month. What's that? Uh, what's that a year? Well, 24 ten, grand a year. Yeah. Well, it's 10, 10 months, not 12. So 20 grand a year. Um, how about, uh, I know you love to play tennis. You have a club membership. Is that the only club you want to be a part of, or do you want to join another? As far as for tennis, don't really need to be part of another one. One's one sufficient. If you start joining too many clubs, you can't attend them. So what's the point of having them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I joined 10 clubs. I, uh, I visit one each once a month. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is it safe to say that's about 5k a year? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else do you want? How about like, uh, how many, you know, clothes? I know you love to buy socks, clothes in a year. How much would you spend on clothes in five years? That's funny with clothes. I'm, it's my taste in clothing has actually gone down. Meaning, I mean, I wear, I wear $10 t-shirts most of the time. I really don't care, (laughs) (laughs) but I will need to replace clothes. And occasionally I do nice, like to buy something nice. So probably, probably three to four grand a year in clothes. I'm going to put five just because Why we're, not? We're, we're setting goals. We're setting something realistic, right? Uh, how about eating out? Do you like to eat out a lot? Occasionally. I mean, only a couple times a month, quite frankly. I actually prefer, I prefer cooking things at home. Okay. Uh, would you have one a private chef? Not really. I, no. I, I like, I like cooking. I like, I like playing this around in the kitchen. No I, fun, John. This, 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 it's, it's actually the, the kitchen is one area where I do enjoy kind of, that's where my creativity is. So I do enjoy the kitchen. That's good. That's good. I know you like making uh, very healthy food too. Um, but, but, but what else would be expenses at that point, JT? Well, need a you second got, property you, for sure. Yeah. What's that? Need a second secondary property for sure. Secondary property, just one, just one. 
Just one. You start having too many. I've thought about multiple, but it becomes too much work at that point. You got to maintain them all. You got to maintain them. <laughs> is that not what we teach people is how easy that is? Yeah. Yeah. But still, you've got to think about it. You got to think about this being done. It's, it's so, so. So let's back up and focus on that for just a second, because that was kind of the whole purpose of the investment property income podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm talking I'm talking about uh, uh, you're talking about fun stuff for me, not investment stuff. Well, I, stuff. and that's the clarification that I want to make is that you know if you're looking to transition transition into being a real estate investor as a career, that's different from having a career and real estate investments. So yes, just wanted to make that clarification. <laughs> so uh, how how much do you think that property would be worth? Oh, probably uh, one one point five at a minimum. One point five million. What else, JT? Your taxes on those two would probably be about twenty k a year combined. Uh, probably, yeah. What else? I think it's a good place to start. Okay, so JT, you know the answer to this question. That one point seven million dollar um, uh, place that you want to buy. How much do you actually need to buy that? I uh, would need 20%. Which would be uh, what? 135,000? 340,000. So this is a key distinction to make right here. It's not wise, especially with rates so low, to actually go put all the money down on the house. Yep. Even if you have the money, it can be used better in other places. You know, if you're putting down 340K on a $1.7 million house, what do you think your payment would be on that, JT? Uh, 15 grand a month? Uh, probably, yeah, probably about 10 to 12. 10 to 12. So let's go high and say 12. Because that's principal residence. Yeah. Um, with the investment property, 1.5, you'd need, uh, what, 300,000? Yep. 300K. And hopefully, you're not actually making any payments on that on the mo every month. Should be carrying itself, right? Hopefully. Give or no, take. no, that, 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 that was, that's a fun property. Oh, so you want both. I'm, I'm just talking about stuff for me. Oh, not an I see what you're saying. Never mind the key distinction. I thought you were talking yeah. about an investment property. No, no, so I'm, talking about, I'm talking about stuff for me. Yeah. A second home. Where would you have the second home? Oh, that would, uh, based on where things are currently going in my life, probably down your way somewhere. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I do love living by the lake. Yep. And, you know, we're not going to talk about all the incidentals that go with having two homes, but, you know, furniture linens, carpets, all of those things. So I think we've got enough to start here. This is the point of this. First of all, even if you had $3 million, you don't put it all down in your home. You use leverage so that you can place that money somewhere else. Remember, this is goal setting. This isn't just about reality. It's about creating something that is real and tangible and figuring out a way to make it happen. And we'll get to that in the next step. But JT, uh, true or false, you do this with a lot of your business clients. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. make assumptions about stuff. And you say, this is what it's going to cost. This is what it's going to cost in five years. This is how much money we need to get it. 
And this is how we go about it. And it's just simply applying that troubleshooting method that a lot of businesses use on their financials to our own. We're making assumptions about what we're going to want in five years and don't limit yourself. You know, for me, I I had to, when I did this last two homes, I want to be able to fly private jet. Great thing about that is I don't need to buy a private jet. I can charter them. I can join charter organizations. It's like, you know, cost you five grand to fly somewhere uh, as opposed to, you know, a few million dollars to own a jet. Major differences in the way of thinking. And this is what makes these numbers real. A million dollars is an intangible number. 340 grand, that's a lot more realistic for somebody to buy their first home. Not everybody, but a lot, a lot more realistic. And this is five years out. You know, money may not be worth what it is now. Anyhow, but we need, uh, Jonathan, you got a calculator handy? Or you are a calculator. <laughs> so let's add up <clears throat> how much money you're going to need on that fifth year. So would you lease or buy your uh, car? Uh tax reasons it makes more sense to lease it yep absolutely it does so at 60k is it less than a grand a month uh yes probably right around uh probably just under probably like eight nine hundred bucks a month yeah i was gonna say nine let's make it a thousand just because math um so now we have between the house and the car we have thirteen thousand dollars a month that needs to come in uh a couple of trips that's another uh, 20K. So actually, uh, we have to add, it's easier to do um, uh, the year for the lease. So the year for the lease would be $1,200. 12,000 times 12 is uh, 144, 144 grand. Mm-hmm. My math's getting better, JT. Hanging out with you is, is beneficial to me. You still with me, big guy? I'm still with you. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, two trips, 20 grand each. So that's another 20 grand. So we've got uh, $1,200 for the car, $144,000 for the mortgage payments, plus $340,000 for the down payment. Are you adding these up for me or should I be adding them up? Oh, I'm uh, I'm putting in the secondary property, which will probably be another, another, uh, 10,000 a month. So that's 120,000 there. Yep. Another 120,000, uh, 20 K for the taxes for the year, uh, weekend trips. How many of them did you want to take? I'll just put in 60 grand for that. For the weekend trips. Yep. Uh, we had another 20 K for schooling, we had another 5 K for clothes, we had another 5 K for something. I don't remember what it was. But we'll leave it in there because this is just about understanding this number. Do you have a grand total, Jonathan, of how much money you need that year? I'm not including down payment on properties here. I would like you to just for the sake of the the exercise. I was just going to mention that there's many variables here. (laughs) So the down payments would help. In five years, the properties will be owned, but we're dealing with... uh... With, without, with, 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 without down payments, we're dealing with about 380 grand. 380 grand, 380 grand a year. 
Yeah. Okay. And put in the down payments there just for the sake of the exercise. So we have 340 grand going with 380 and another 300 grand. Four and eight is 12. We're dealing with a million bucks. I have $720,000. You're dealing with the two down payments? $920,000. Uh, <laughs> $920,000. Now, Jonathan, you know what I know. Do we get to keep all of that money if we bring in $920,000 that year? No. No, absolutely not. And at that uh, level, the tax rate is going to be 46%. So we have to bring in approximately double that. So what's that about uh, $1.9 million? Yep. In order to be able to afford everything that year. Now, Jonathan, I know what you and I do and that that is totally a possible number for your life. But doing what you do now, let's talk about, let's break it down to mortgages. Is that fair? That's fair, yeah. I know we've got a whole bunch of other things, but this is something that really relates to the audience. Uh, I know we talk to a lot of realtors and stuff, and um, that's the, the biggest source of deals for us is coming through, through our realtors that we work with, our network. Um, on average, is it fair to say that... Uh, the average mortgage payout to, to you would be $3,000. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the number I like to work with. Yeah. And here's, here's part of the, the reason we're doing this for you folks, the listeners is that we need to make certain assumptions to figure out algorithms on how to break this down and make it real. So we know now that our actual goal based on all the things that Jonathan and I covered is $1.9 million of income that year. It's not just a million because you only end up with 500,000. So we have our starting point. That's the most important part. Having a starting point, a true goal of $1.9 million because you understand what that actually does. Money itself has no meaning, no value. It's what you can do with the money that makes a difference. So $1.9 million divided by... 3,000. I, I hope I hope I got the number, the, the right number. I did this yesterday flawlessly. I'm hoping I'm doing it again today. Oh, I am. I totally am. So that is 633 mortgages that need to be done this year by you, Jonathan, to make that number. That's a lot. Yep. However, you have a team that you work with, so you can divide that up. Divide that by, by three for our team. Does that make sense? Obviously, there's going to be variables in, in all of this, but we can divide that by three to make it 1,900. Nope, that is, that is absolutely the wrong number. <laughs> and this is just breaking it down. That's 211 mortgages from each team member that you currently have. 
It'd be a different number because I'm, I wouldn't be making 3000 off their stuff. I understand. And that's why I mentioned yeah. the variables, but we're just yeah. leaving it this way for yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get into the details of the number, sir. <laughs> Broad strokes, sir. Broad strokes. <laughs> so we have the triangle here of each person needing to, to source 211. This is you not actually doing the work. You just help them file them. So there's obviously variables here. There's going to be all sorts of variables in your life and you can account for them. However, for the sake of doing this, we have 633 mortgages that need to flow through Jonathan to make that 1.9 million in that year five. We break that down to three team members. You know, obviously if you had four or two or whatever, the number is going to come out different. Now, on average, our realtor partners send us five deals a piece a year, correct? That's right, yeah. You're always going to have the outlier of one that does, you know, 20 and one that does none. But we can now break down that number of 211, divide it by five. And that means 42 realtors that each of our team members work with. Now, those are high numbers because you have high expectations for your own life and high standards. Not, I did this with a, one of our team members yesterday and her number came out a heck of a lot lower. The cool thing is it doesn't matter because now you have a goal that over the next five years, each of our team would have 42 realtors they're working with. So we can break that number down one more time and divide that by five because it's five years. That means each team member would need just over eight realtors a year that they work with. Is that a simple number, JT? That's something that if you get it down to that on a yearly basis, that becomes a realistic number to work with. That's the point. Very realistic. We just took $1.9 million and made it something that didn't seem so massive. But it's that process of breaking it down. How many people do you have to do? Even if we just stayed at you, just for the sake of the numbers, let's do that, JT. So you're the only one doing mortgages. 633 mortgages divided by five realtors. I like numbers. I'm learning this. There's 126 realtors that you would be working with directly. Not unrealistic for you. I know in your past, you've probably had networks much larger than that that you've worked with your previous brokerage. But we break that down by five years. And that's 25 realtors a year that you work with. We can break that down even further because that still seems like a, a large chunk to bite off doesn't it JT? well, well the, the part the part i want to because you're and i just want to go back to the original numbers and that is you're throwing the down payment numbers in there those are one-time expenses versus regular monthly carrying i understand and so I, I would take a, i would i would take those out for it's this not about that play with me here Play I am playing Jonathan. with you, but I, I would take those out because those are one-time expenses. I understand that. But, but this saying, is... what, what, what income level do I want at that stage? There's the income level I want. So I understand that. And I completely agree with you. However, I wanted the highest number possible for year five. 
Yeah. And here's why. 25 realtors it takes to send 127 deals a year. Um, we would need 633 deals to come in that year. So you'd need to get up to your, uh, at that point, you would actually have 25 realtors a year would be how many? We went, we, 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 we skipped that. Uh, 125 times, sorry, it was 125 realtors. Yes. <laughs> 125 realtors that you'd be working with. Yeah. So let's divide 25 realtors per year by months, 12 months. That's three realtors. Uh, three realtors that you would be working with every month. Is that an attainable number? Three realtors a month, that is an attainable number. That's an attainable number. This is, this is the whole point. The, we start with this big number. What that number is has to be generated from reality. So that's where we figure out the number. The next step is break it down to the smallest, most bite-sized chunk. And that's, that's what this is. This is three realtors a month. Actually, I think the, I may have screwed up on that. It might even be only two realtors a month or, or just slightly over. But the point is, you're only working with two realtors a month, maybe three, to get to $1.9 million a year in income in year five. And we can all do this in our real lives. We can start with these things that we actually want and price them out properly. Understand how to create that price. This is a business process. So let's make it personal. And monetary is the easiest one to measure because relationships and, and health are, are, they have different challenges. I like to start with monetary because the other ones kind of fall in line when you're <laughs> not worried about money. But um, the, uh, the fact that we now have, first of all, a real number, the real number being $1.9 million. Obviously, that's you know double what, it, what we would need uh, because of taxes. And now we have a small number. We know how many we need at the, the big end of it. But in order to, to achieve it on a daily basis, we only need to work with three realtors a month here. Now, we can take this even further and this is what I like. Uh, I, I've created a, uh, for our team an action plan or a batting average. And this is the last part of this goal setting that makes all the difference. <clears throat> and Jonathan, we won't talk about your batting average because I'm sure it's higher than the average person because you just know your stuff so much. We'll talk about the actual um, process of finding your batting average. So for our team, what we did was set up how many people out of 10 they have to call to get a meeting. And this is great for any sales organization. This is great for any realtor. This is great for any uh, mortgage agent out there. And it's just setting up daily accountability for yourself and understanding, A, that I need to make 10 calls. That's a big stopper for a lot of people when they work from home, especially. But this, this PDF we designed um, basically just has, out of 10 calls, how many meetings did I get? And then a second column that says, out of 10 meetings, how many referral partners did I get? How many partners am I working with? And after 10, 
it's not a good enough data set to actually base our information off of. But it is a good start in the beginning, the first 10. But Jonathan, would you say it's fair if we took it out to 100, that that would give us a pretty good average of what, where we're at right now? Yeah, once you, once you get to that level, that becomes it's a realistic number. It's a big enough data set. And, and, and one, of the, one of the beauty things is as you start making, doing things like this, your batting average generally goes up over time because you get better, you get more comfortable. Thank you. I was going to go there next, but you stole it from me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the biggest variable is going to be your skill set. Your skill set is going to improve with time because you're practicing. You know, there's a, uh, an old saying that uh, practice makes perfect. I don't believe that. Uh, I believe that perfect practice makes perfect. But I also don't believe in perfection. I believe in progress, not perfection. We're supposed to be getting better. We can't just start as awesome all the time, right? So um, after we have 100 calls and 100 meetings, now we can just simply divide how many calls we made by how many uh, um, uh, partners we have. And there's the batting average. If you got four partners out of 100 calls, well, now you have a 0.4% uh, batting average. If you got 20 partners out of 100 calls, you've got a 20% batting average. And that number is going to fluctuate with your skill set getting higher. However, it's a spot to begin. So, Jonathan, we know that on average, how many people do we have to call to get uh, a, 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 real, a realtor partner typically? There's about 10 calls. You get a realtor partner? You know what? Let's just start with a fake number. Just cuts. Yeah. Let's say yeah. your batting average is 10, 10%. So out of every 10 calls, you get one referral partner. That means you could walk into any room and wherever there's 10 people, you're going to walk out with business. Yeah. Would you feel a heck of a lot more comfortable walking into a room with 10 people, knowing that one of them is going to come out uh, doing business with you? Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And then it becomes something that is more of a game. You know, we ran through some call scenarios with our guys. And um, one of them was like, hey, do you, would you quit calling after that? And I said, yeah, for a while. I wouldn't call back after a super negative call. But the good thing is by having a tracker sheet, I know that that's number one that said no. And the next one is going to get me one step closer to my yes. If I know my batting average is one in 10, Every no is leading me closer to that yes. And once I know that number, I can just start checking them off and it becomes fun. It becomes more of a game. It's just numbers at that point. And it's a beautiful thing. Now, something, JT, I'm going to throw it out there for our listeners. If you would like to get this tracker, shoot me an email at ipincome at a mortgageplan.com. That's ipincome at a mortgageplan.com. I would be happy to send you a tracker. Um, it's very generic, so you can really apply it to anything. But this is the last piece in your puzzle. If you want to know more about the process of breaking down these numbers, I'm certainly happy to chat about that as well. But the real important thing is to understand what you need to do on a daily basis to achieve your numbers. So if I need three realtors a month, I need to make, and my, my batting average, is one, uh, 10%, I know I need to talk to 30 realtors a month to get my three realtors a month. So then five years, I'm making $1.9 million a year. Is that simple, JT? That is very simple. Did this suck as much as most goal setting sessions? <laughs> most is just pick a number and, and hey, good luck with it. 
<laughs> I would like a hundred million dollars and I'm going to carry this one around in my pocket for years, never truly understanding this. These are very simple three strategies combined together to understand how to set your goal and how to break down the numbers into daily actionable steps. And uh, I actually have some, some other forms we're working on to help with uh, accelerating this, which is really cool. JT, if you want to check that out, you can certainly uh, go over to guide to the grind.com to get uh, our new book, major marketing mistakes for realtors and other dumb shit to avoid. Uh, of course you can download the investment property income book at investmentpropertyincomebook.com. JT, thank you for playing along today. I know you're not can at I, your can normal. I, can yeah. I add one thing in here? Cause, yeah, cause please what, what we've gone through, this is phenomenal for people who are in a sales type role, someone who self-employed sales and so forth, mm -hmm. how to apply it. If you, just call it have a nine to five job, a regular job where you get a standard paycheck. Well, and, then, and sorry, go ahead. And, and I just want to add in that this is where investment goals becomes part of it and saying Correct. and looking at like the investment property income system. Hey, if your goal is in five years, this is five years, 10 years, whatever the number is, this is the lifestyle you want to have. What actions do you need today to help set up additional forms of income for yourself to help get you there? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you're 100% right. And the thing is, when we're talking about making calls for sales, well, what if it's uh, regular deposits into your savings account to get to a monetary goal? You can start with that monetary goal. Let's say it's $300,000 to get your home in five years. Well, break that down to what you need each year and then each month and then each week and then each day. And by breaking it down to that, 300 grand seems like a massive number. But if you break it down to how much you actually need to put in there a day, it becomes a much more manageable number, it becomes much more realistic. And then once you've got all of your uh, deposits down to get to your 300K spot, then you can look at your actual income that you want, you know, from that point forward and look at different ways that that income can be achieved, like the investment property income book and investing through that that source, um, but understanding what your return is every year and understanding how you can create that through those investments. So if you want to have those conversations, you can certainly reach out to Jonathan and I to help you understand the real numbers on that. Um, but this, this, this basic system can be applied to all areas of your life when it comes to health, wealth, and relationships, you know, relationships are one of those sort of intangible things, but if you really sit down and break it down, you can find um, ways to measure how good it is, how uh, passionate it is, how much excitement there is. You know, paying the bills and living together is one thing, but what are your actual relationship goals together? These are some pretty interesting things. And, and when do you review them? And, and bre breaking it down, great, you're going on a trip next month, but what can you do today? What are the things you can do daily for a relationship to make the relationship stronger? And sometimes the smallest things, things that take very little money and just a few minutes of time makes such mm -hmm. a difference. And it's having those conversations with your spouse to find out what those things are. Yeah. You know, um, I believe it was Darren Hardy that I first heard this concept. And he was talking about uh, him and his wife would meet weekly for dinner on Sundays. And they go out for dinner and they just say, hey, or maybe it was monthly because weekly seems a little anal retentive. 
but hey, how is our month? You know, how is our relationship? How is our passion? How are the kids doing in school? Are we happy with their development? Do they seem happy? Are they well adjusted and actually checking in on that stuff? Because there's ways to check in on on a regular basis. You don't have to get bogged down by the day by day. And I think, you know what, JT, I'm glad you kept me going because there's an important distinction to make here. I know we're all being affected by the outside world right now. There's restrictions in this province and people locked down in this country and all of these things that are going on. But if you have a clear sale set, if you understand where you're going, how you get there and your um, route isn't interrupted, none of that outside stuff can take you off of that. You're still going to the same place. It's going to vary the route you have to take, but you're going to still not be nearly as affected by outside circumstances. It won't matter who the president is. It won't matter what the economic situation outside is. It won't matter whether we're locked down or not. As long as you maintain that, that far off point and have a solid um, plan to get there, unless something catastrophic happens, those influences aren't going to take you off your goal. You're still going to be able to get where you want to go. I think that's a really important thing to understand about goal setting, especially doing it this way. You know, I know that you, you and I and our business are not that affected by restrictions, um, thankfully, because we, we work on our laptops and our phones. Not everybody has the ability to do that. So there are always going to be exceptions to these rules. But if you can make your living without um, leaving your house or uh, you can do it from the office still or whatever, wherever you work, then set your goals, focus on them, forget what's going on in the outside world. If it's important that you turn off the damn news, if it's important enough, somebody else will tell you about it and focus on what you want for you and your family. That's far more important than any other discussions that are happening right now. I'll get off my soapbox, JT. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, to me, it's, it, it's not about what's going on out there. It's about what we're able to achieve together. Because I, I think truly that's the, the best way forward is for people to be happy and fulfilled and successful and understand how to get there. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of problems in the world that would be solved if everyone focused a little more on their own stuff and a little less on everybody else's. Agree with you there. You can't just nod when it's only an audio podcast, Jonathan. <laughs> All right. Anything else to wrap this up, JT? Uh, just, it's been a great conversation and thank you everyone for tuning in. <laughs> All right. Thanks, brother. And thank you for listening. As we mentioned before, if you want to get to the new book we just put out, the guy from guide to the grind.com, you can certainly download that. Uh, what is the name of the book? Major Marketing Mistakes and Other Dumb Shit to Avoid. Guide to the grind.com. If you want to learn more about investment property, you can certainly download the book at investmentpropertyincomebook.com. Jonathan, thank you for your time. Appreciate you. Appreciate you for listening. Have a fantastic day. And I hope, I hope we'll see you soon. <laughs>